Welcome to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. The Vancouver Boys are the most entertaining sports cast in British Columbia. Steve Dangle here. I love the Vancouver Boys. It's the Vancouver Boys Podcast. Woo! <laughs> Man, this episode is going to be so rough. <laughs> hey, what's going on? What's going on? Welcome to episode 57 of the Vancouver Boys podcast. I am your host this week, Jake Jude, and I am joined remotely by my two favorite co-hosts, Tyler Erlinson. Yo, yo, yo. And Marcus Keller. How's it going, everybody? So I guess we should probably explain what the hell's going on this week. Uh, We're in three different places. All three of us are in different locations. I am currently in Whistler on vacation. Marcus is in studio at the Vancouver Boys Podcast Studios, and Tyler, God only knows where he is. Where are you, bud? But more importantly, how's the weather? I'm in Colwood, BC. Where? I've never heard of that before in my life. (laughs) It is like, it's like 10 minutes outside of Victoria. Oh, okay. (laughs) It was like the street. (laughs) No, it's, it's like a little city, I think. Okay. I don't know. It says it's called Colwood, so. All right. Well, I believe it. Population of you. Yep. <laughs> this feels weird. This the feels like we're like, a real, we're like a real podcast now because we're all like v- video calling each other. And, like, it, it, it feels less like a real podcast for me because I'm in the studio. I feel like I'm just having a <laughs> phone call with my friends while I'm in a studio. <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Where are you and what's the weather like, buddy? You got to do one now, too. Yeah, okay. So, like I said, I'm in Whistler. And uh, honestly, it's been weird. It's like overcasty, but it is freezing. Like, it feels like it could snow at any minute. Really? Oh, yeah. It's cold up here, man. It's, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's cold. It's going to rain. <laughs> yeah, it's going to rain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, uh, it has been freezing up here. But anyway, enough with the weather. Let's get to the podcast. Uh, let's start it off the way we always do with the fake sponsor. So, Marcus, when you're ready, take it away. All right. Well, just to remind our listeners that the fake sponsor of the week is only a placeholder for a real sponsor, which we think we might be able to get someday. This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the Colorado Avalanche's housekeeping service. Sit back, watch us sleep, and all you'll have to do is sit back and say clean house. The Colorado Avalanche, helping your playoff bracket since 2022. Yes. <laughs> Good one. I'm sorry, Jake. I'm no, sorry. you're not. You're right. I'm not. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I want to get into it, but we'll save it for later. But, oh, man. I, I Honestly, I almost didn't go with it. I was almost like, no, nah, I got to lay off. I don't want to lay it on too thick. But then I kind of went, you know what? He expected this. So it's okay. <laughs> you know, you're not yeah. heartbroken or devastated over this one. You kind of saw it coming. If you had made this joke a few days ago when they first got knocked out, I might not have been as jovial about this experience. But yeah, no, now it's fine. I get it. Whatever. Teams get knocked out. Hey, Daryl Sutter said it best. It'll be a waste of eight days. And that it was. Anyway, I'm not too broken up about it. Uh, they, They really had no chance. Like, UC Soros didn't play a single game. They didn't have a chance in any of the games. 
Um, but anyway, let's let's we'll talk about them later because uh, they'll be the first team we talk about in the postseason edition of Elimination Report after the break. Uh, but but let's get back on track here. Uh, is there any Canucks news this week? Um, there actually is, and it's probably a bit bigger than you might think. Really? Um, do either of you two know who Andre Kuzmenko is? Oh my God, dude! It's been all over our goddamn Twitter. Wait, everyone he... we follow, all they've done is talk about this guy. Is he um? Is he like a scout? N- no. So Andre Kuzmenko is the top KHL free agent right now. He... Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And he was near the top of the scoring charts. He's always just wanted to stay in Russia. So I, I don't think he was ever even drafted into the NHL. He just made it clear he wouldn't come. Uh, however, his contract is about to end, and he's made it known he wants to come to the NHL. Uh, this has gotten a ton of attention from a lot of different teams. Allegedly, over 16 teams have contacted him already. Wow, okay. And uh, now you might be wondering what this has to do with the Canucks. Well, they were, as you could probably guess, one of those 16 teams. Uh, but it sounds like... Uh, the Canucks, according to some hockey insiders here, are finalists to land him. It sounds like the Canucks are within the top three teams that he's looking at. Yeah, we could probably thank Pod Colson for that. <clears throat> yeah, well, they play it on the same KHL team. How old is he? Probably 40. <laughs> <laughs> Ilya Kovalchuk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring back Datsuk, too. He's 26. Okay. So he, he did his- in his prime. It, would he be eligible for the Calder? <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> you know what? If he would have joined the league this year, he would have been. Oh, okay. He would have been right up there with Michael Bunting. <laughs> I think he'll be eligible next year, will he not? Uh, no. I think there's an age limit. 26 is the cutoff. Yeah, he right. He turn 27 during next season, therefore making him ineligible. You know, Michael Bunting and Nathan McKinnon were born the same year. And Nathan McKinnon won the Calder in 2014. <laughs> and Michael Bunton might freaking win it now. That's crazy. Okay, well, if, if we're talking about this guy, there's something that needs to be addressed. And it's that if there's 16 teams that are, like, looking into him, that means he's probably going to get a pretty decent contract. Because, like, as much as he wants to play with his buddy, I'm sure, he's probably more worried about how much money he's going to make. He'll probably go over level deal. Yeah. From what I've been able to tell, it seems like his biggest qualification for getting onto a team is actually playing in the top six. Oh, that does make sense. Guys want to play. Exactly. And this got me thinking about a couple things. What do you guys think would be better? A team with a first, second, third, and fourth line? Or a team built of four second lines? It's kind of a like... First, the, it's kind of a like first, the, second, third, and fourth. You think that's better than a team with four second lines? Absolutely. Yeah, I think your four second lines are just like your fourth second line is going to get stomped by the other team's fourth line because they're just going to beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Like, think about the Tampa Bay Lightning when they won the cup the last two years. They had four lines. Yeah, they, they did. They did. I just, they, this whole thing kind of got me thinking that I have a bit of a mock roster for the Canucks comprised of four second lines what what are a second essentially second lines maybe a first line but mo- i i think they're all second lines 
All right, let's hear it. They, they involve some roster moves, I'll let you know. Not all of these players are currently uh, on, on the Vancouver Canucks. Dude, I would Tyler put my Myers, life first line fact, center. I would put my life on the fact that Max Domi's on this fucking roster. Well, let's just move on. <laughs> uh, your first line, or the first second line, uh, actually has no changes. It is Garland with Miller and Besser. Was that their first line at the end of the season? Uh, no. The first, I hope not. No, it wasn't. It was, it was just kind of a mishmash of whoever wasn't injured. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, the second line has two notable changes on it. Uh, the first is yes, Max Domi is playing left wing. Uh, <laughs> <Horvat>. <laughs> you, you got me on that one. Uh, Horvat is centering, but you will never in your life guess who's on the right wing. Patrick Laine. No, but we're Anthony here. Duclair. Uh, I'll give you this: that uh, Richard Park, Ilya Kovalchuk, Pavel Datsuk. I have Pierre Luc Dubois. <laughs> Good luck with that. You know, where do you think we're getting this money from? Or like these players. How the hell are you trading for them? This transitions me into the next thing I was going to say. Domi is a UFA at the end of the season. No trade required. Just pick him up, right? Pierre-Luc Dubois is a, is a restricted free agent. However, this segues me perfectly into the other news story I wanted to bring up with the Canucks. Uh, some points were made that they made a big deal when they traded Travis Hamanick that they kept their own third-round pick. We had two-thirds, two and we didn't trade the one that we'd received in another trade. We kept our natural third-round pick. There's theories that that's because there's a rule that the NHL has that when you offer sheet a player in Pierre-Luc Dubois' range, it has to be your own first and your own third. Now, I'm not saying Dubois is the player they're going after, but he could be. I am in favor of the Vancouver Canucks offer sheeting Pierre Luc Dubois, who they wanted to draft, by the way, but he was taken before he slipped to them. Um, how do we afford Pierre Luc Dubois? Um, Buy out Myers. Yeah. <laughs> Kill Myers. <laughs> Myers well, and trade OEL. Yeah, something along those lines. Also, Tanner Pearson's <laughs> not on my lineup anymore, so. That's <laughs> Uh, the third second line, I have Hoaglander with Pedersen and Linus Carlson, the Canucks prospect who's supposed to come over from the SHL, who just beat Pedersen's rookie scoring record in the SHL. All right, so an all-Swedish line. I was going to point this out. We have Garland Miller-Besser is an all-American line. Domi Horvat-Dubois is an all-Canadian line. And Carlson Pedersen Hoaglander is an all-Swedish line. Okay, that's cool and all, but can we go back to the whole Linus Carlson breaking Elias Pettersson's rookie scoring lead? Yeah, it actually happened like a couple months ago, and it did not get a lot of traction. Really? Like, he broke it. That's yeah. crazy. Here's the reason it's not getting a lot of traction. He broke it when he was three years older than Pettersson was when he broke it. Or, sorry, oh. four years older, maybe. Oh, he sucks. Uh, hey, he was kidding. a rookie? Carl, yeah, he was in a different league. Fucking there. Michael Bunting ass shit right there. <laughs> yeah, don't even count. That guy's garbage. Yeah. How many bullshit. times is Michael Bunting going to come up in the Canucks news? I just, like, <laughs> a weird amount. Uh, 
But no, so <laughs> yeah, Carlson and Pedersen are actually the same age. But Carlson is obviously a rookie in the NHL, give or take four years after Pedersen. Yeah, but still, that's still the record, and he still broke it. So I'll, I'll give him that. So is this fourth line going to be all Russians, considering the, the yeah. trend we're going on here? Yeah. That is an astute. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I got to continue that sentence. Yes. Uh, so get this. You. You guys can probably guess two guys on this line. Ovechkin. Yeah. No. Pod <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colson and the guy you mentioned off the top. Yes, I have Pod Colson actually moving back to center, which was his position when he was in the KHL. He moved to the wing when he came to Vancouver. I have Kuzmenko playing the left wing, which is where he's supposed to be. And, and Kuznetsov on the yes, other wing. Kuznetsov. <laughs> I did look into it. I did look into that, but it didn't seem like a good fit. So. Evgeny Kuznetsov. Kuznetsov for the Calder. That's a little bit too much money for what is basically looking like a fourth line out of all these second lines. Uh, yeah, I, I think if we, if we had Kuznetsov, that'd be our best line. Well, I do have another player you guys probably know a little bit about on the right wing, who is also a Russian. Which is Vladimir I'm, Tarasenko. Oh, no, it is not. He makes way too much money. Kirill Kaprizov. No, also too much money. I have... Sergei Bobrovsky. Yes. <laughs> I have Sergei Bobrovsky playing on my fourth line right wing. And you will oh, see God. why Sergei Bobrovsky should be a right winger. Why he makes eleven million dollars a year? <laughs> oh boy! The build-up to this bonuses. last player is like safe percentage bonuses built into his contract. <laughs> All right, enough messing with you, K. Who do you have on this fourth line? Ilya Mikheyev from hmm. Toronto. He's actually from Russia on his. Uh... <laughs> The media would have you believe he's from Toronto. <laughs> yeah, he grew yeah, up in born Scarborough. And <laughs> born and raised, baby. No, but he, here's the thing about Micaiah. So he is a UFA at the end of his season. Uh, so totally unrestricted. In the offseason last year, he did request a trade out of Toronto. Uh, but more importantly, uh, he's just a bit under a point per game. And he's projected on his next contract to make between 3.1 and 3.3 mil. That's a very reasonable contract. That's what Tanner Pearson's making. And like I said, he's not even on this roster. So we have room for him. For a fourth liner, you're going to pay him 3 million a year? He, no, he's not. He's one of our 15 second liners. <laughs> um, okay, my thing with Mikheyev, it, um, he has no finish. He's like... he. he He's just not a, a dependable player to actually put the puck in the back of the net. You know he, who does have some finish, though? Kuzmenko, who just came off of finishing the KHL. He did really well over there. Yeah, he, he reminds me of Garland, though, where it's like they work really hard to get the puck, and they just throw it into no man's land, and then they try to come back on you in the defensive zone. Defensive zone. So, I don't know. like he, He'd be a risk. 
But um, I mean, like, if the if the chemistry works out with him, Todd Colson and Kuzmenko, then maybe. But that seems like really weird, like, because they're they're three players who don't know each other. They might not have any chemistry together. But they all speak Russian. It, well, fortunately, they don't need to speak to each other. Other other than hey, I'm open. Pass. Like, I think you could teach them that. What if we put what if we put Garland, Mikheyev, and Hoaglander together? That line would never score, but they would get a lot of chances. They would never lose the puck, but they would never <laughs> score a goal. Exactly. <laughs> All three of them would be in the corners. They would just never <laughs> battle the puck. <laughs> uh. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, I, I enjoyed doing that actually, and I'm kind of I'm happy with this. I would be really happy icing that forward roster next season. I think that's an improvement on what we have this year. Well, who are you taking off the team then? You mentioned Pearson. Pearson isn't uh, here. Uh, star starting winger Yuho Lamico is not on this roster. Right, Dickinson isn't either. Dickinson's gone. Highmore's gone. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's all of our defense is gone to afford this yeah, team. Yeah, we don't have any defense. <laughs> yeah, Yuho Lamas learning how to skate backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you thought Myers was bad. Now we have Jason Dickinson playing defense. <laughs> the last thing we got here for Canucks news is that Linus Carlson, who uh, aforementioned is going to be on the Canucks roster next year, uh, is going to play in the World Championship alongside Oliver ekman Larson. They'll be playing for Team Sweden together. Uh, I thought they were playing for Finland. Okay. I was trying to screw with your head, but no. you just you just stopped and didn't say anything. I didn't know what to say. I was like, wait, they're not Finnish. What happened? <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I thought they were playing for Team Kazakhstan. <laughs> I just thought it was, wait, so... it, was, it was funny how Marcus so confidently said, next year's winger, Linus Carlson. Like, are you sure he's going to be on the team next year? I don't see a reality where he doesn't make it. Like, unless he's injured or something, I don't see a reality where he's outskilled on this roster. Especially, even the one I've built. No, we'll find out. Anyway, if he didn't make the team, I mean, I think that'd be that'd be pretty goofy if he didn't make it. Pretty goofy indeed. What a goof! Hey, welcome to my segment. This is the biggest goof of the week, the uh, the road show edition of biggest goof <laughs> of the week. <laughs> this is the part of the show where I find a story in the sports world that involves a player, coach, team, person, organization, whatever, what have you. I bring it up with the guys and we have a chat about it. And this week, we're going we're gonna to hop over to the, the, what's it called? The beautiful game? No, that's, the, that's hockey, isn't it? Hockey is the beautiful game. No. What do they call soccer? Just a the, game? <laughs> a game. Anyway, we're going to soccer, or football, football. as known in the rest of the world. And um, we're actually going to go to the German soccer league. I think it's called the Bundesliga, but I don't really care about soccer, so... You know, it's probably that. Could be something else. Anyway, so there's a there's a player, and his name's like 
Erlen Holland. It's like it's it's a bunch of vowels, and I'm not gonna try to pronounce it again. And he's he's kind of like the I don't know I don't know, I'm trying to think of a player to kind of compare him to. Maybe like um maybe like Elias Patterson. Like he's a couple he's. He's like 23. He's been like pretty good out of the gate, but he's been like pretty good consistently since he started playing soccer professionally. And it came out last week that the team that owns his right is going to sell him, which is like a pretty common thing in um, in soccer, right? But the thing that I think makes this a goof is that in the Bundesliga, there's like a bunch of teams that are really competitive. And then there's like one team that is just like, miles better than the rest of them and it's Bayern Munich I'm sure you guys have probably heard of that team and it's like this guy being on that team like helped them compete like they were some most people would argue they're like the second best team and they would like have competitive games but now that this guy's leaving and probably just for a bunch of money it just sucks because like now that league is going to have that huge disparity between Bayern Munich and the rest of the league again and it just like reminds me of like how stupid soccer is and how you can just have these overpowered teams in these leagues when it should just be you know, I'd, I'd just love to see more parity in their leagues. And so that's what I think makes it the biggest goof of the week. I guess th- this is one thing that kind of handicaps me when it comes to pro sports. Because I mostly follow hockey. Like, I very loosely follow other sports. So when I hear about stuff like the soft cap or having no salary cap, it is just completely foreign to me. And I see a lot of arguments for how, oh, the NHL should go to that. And they should have a luxury tax. They should have all this stuff. But as someone who only really knows the salary cap, I don't see how you work without it because then is it not just the richest owners get to make the best teams? Pretty much. Doesn't seem fair at all. That's what I'm saying. Like this just further demonstrates how stupid it is that it's just like whatever team has money is just good. And that's just the beginning and end of it, right? It's like baseball. It's why the Yankees are always good. It's because they just have a ton of money and they just give players crazy contracts that the teams just can't keep up with. Yeah, they have Thomas Mueller on their team, who's freaking nuts. Which he's like on uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, like he's miles better than anybody else in that league. Mm-hmm. And like they used to have a player by the name of Lewandowski, and yep. I, yeah, and like he was like, the best player in that league, bar none. It would be basically yep. like if you took the Vancouver Canucks and put them in the WHL. Like it's just ridiculous. <laughs> And 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 I wish that there was some way that they could level it out because a good buddy of mine he he loves that team. They're called Borussia Dortmund. That's the name of the team that the the player I was talking about plays on. And I I feel bad for him because it's like his team's going to get a lot worse, and they're not going to get anything to replace him. Because that's the other thing is in soccer they just sell players for cash. Like there's no there's no trade there, right? There's no draft picks coming back the other way because that's just not how it works. It I just like that's illegal, yeah. Yeah, like since when you led to I sell think, people? <laughs> no, I think there, I think there's some rules against that, like way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, pretty sure the Geneva Convention kind of figured that one out. <laughs> but like, honestly, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that that doesn't make any sense to me at all. It, it like mm-hmm. it really just almost makes the sport for me unfollowable. Like, what's the so it's really like I have a problem with my owners. And they can only fuck up the Canucks so bad, you know? Yeah. Imagine if they were also basically the GMs. But, like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't even hidden. They didn't, like, hire puppets to, like, pretend they were doing it. They were actually (laughs) like, yeah, no, Elias Pettersson, we were trading you for nothing. But the GM of, they'd probably give him to Toronto or something. 
Kyle Dubas is going to buy me dinner tomorrow. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For me, it just like it turns it into too much of a business. Like I get professional sports are a business, right? And they always say that when they get traded. Oh, it's a business. Blah, 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 blah. But like that actually makes it so clearly about the money and that's it. Like they're there to make a profit. And like as a fan, you don't want to be told that. Like part of the reason why you buy into the team, you follow the team, you buy the merch, you go to the games is because you feel like you're helping out the team, right? Like you're you're part of it. Whereas it's like if you're just reminded that you're <clears throat> paying the owners, that's you're what they make money off of. It's just like it sucks. It it kind of destroys the idea of being a fan to me. So I just feel I don't know. I felt really bad for him when I found out about that, and that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up. And that's the biggest goof of the week. If I was a millionaire and I could buy a team, I would buy them. And then like, do you ever see on marketplace when someone parts out a car because you can make more off of it that way than just selling the whole car? Oh yeah. I would fold the franchise, sell all the individual players, the land the stadium is built on, all the merchandising rights. That team doesn't exist anymore, and I just went from millionaire to billionaire. So I think I'm you would need to be a I think you would need to be a billionaire just to buy the team to start. Yeah. And I'm pretty because sure like even how the much... Canucks are worth over a billion dollars. And I'm I'm pretty sure like for however much you bought before you would probably break even once you sold all the players and the land and all that. If like if even that. No, no, I know what I have. I know what I have. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's got four second lines. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Selling off the whole team and then buying the Vancouver Canucks and putting them on a soccer field. <laughs> Who's your Heritage goalie? Classic if, if the Canucks night. are a soccer team, who is your goalie? Tyler Myers. <laughs> Actually, that's not a bad pick. Well, I wouldn't put him on defense. <laughs> if if they're a baseball team, who's your pitcher? Connor Garland. Yeah. No, he'd be no. He's um a backstop for sure. Dude, he'd be my pinch runner. Are you shitting me? <laughs> you know, I, he's he's hitting as many times as possible. You know how small that strike zone is. <laughs> he's just leadoff hitter every inning. That's <laughs> yeah, like Ben Revere. Yeah, man, those are the good old days, like 2012 <laughs> to 2014. Ben Revere. All right, well, let's start talking about some playoff news here. Um, and just for everyone listening, we do record on Wednesday nights. So this today is Wednesday, May 10th, I believe. 11th. 11th, thank you. Uh, so just keep that in mind when uh, when listening. If uh, Obviously, things could change daily in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. The first story that we want to talk about that came up last week, which was contender for Goof of the Week, but I wanted to leave it for its own part of the show. Um, Darnell Nurse got suspended one game in the playoffs for headbutting Phil Deneau when the puck wasn't even anywhere near them. What a bonehead move. Like, your team's on the brink of elimination now. You don't have Darnell Nurse to play 60 minutes. Like, they're screwed. Unless McJesus can get 37 goals. I mean, this guy, like, he is their defense, right? Like, he plays 160 minutes a night. Like, he's just, he he's what the defense is in Edmonton. And doing this just handcuffs them beyond belief. I mean, Duncan Keith is literally going to skate himself into a fine powder 
Like he is ancient and he cannot do he cannot do it for much longer, right? Like Darnell Nurse he has no idea how much of uh, a selfish move that was and how difficult it's going to be on that team um, to win. And obviously when this episode comes out, we'll know. But man, like I just, I, I couldn't believe it when I, when I saw the play, I was like, that's definitely going to be a suspension. And then it turns out that it was. The only thing I will give it is that it is a weird headbutt. Like the, the, the only thing I can give him here is I don't know if that's actually what he was trying to do. Like he almost reaches out with his shoulder first, misses, and then kind of smokes his head. It's just a weird play. That's the only thing I can give him. But if that is actually what he was trying to do, well, you, you guys covered it. Like, what, what are you thinking? The team needs you. And this is an elimination game that they're playing. Again, like, like you touched on, by the time the episode comes out, we'll already know how it worked out. But, man, oh, man, if they lose and he's not on the ice, he will know that he's a part of the reason why. No, he, he wasn't available to play. And, like, if this puts him in ill favor with the city of Edmonton, he's going to be there for another eight seasons, seven seasons, whatever it is, right? There's that stupid contract he signed. No one is taking that contract. Anymore. No, like, dude, if you piss off that city, you're stuck. Like, Myers you're not going. Myers for one for one. Anyway. No. Myers dude, are you insane? Myers' contract is almost up. <laughs> we do not want Nurse's yeah, no. contract. Myers, Myers only has like two years left. Oh, is it only two? Oh, yeah, you might be right, actually. You do not want seven or eight years of Darnell Nurse. <laughs> At a $150 million a year. Do I want... <laughs> yeah. What is worse, seven years of Darnell Nurse or two years of Tyler Myers? No, no, no. Seven no, no, no. years of Darnell it's, Nurse. Marcus, it's not. It's do you want two years of of Tyler Myers at six million, or do you want seven years of Darnell Nurse at nine point five million? Like that's the difference. You're all, especially since you're already paying OEL so much. Like it's just, it's not happening. Darnell Nurse isn't going anywhere. He's going to be in Edmonton for seven years. I would take Darnell Nurse's contract if they would take OEL's contract and Tyler Myers' contract. That's a more fair trade for sure. I like that. I like that. And then we'll throw in like a third or something. I'd do that. <laughs> Dude. It would take I, more than a third. Well, it would take I Connor Garland. I don't think they would take that trade, but like we if you're should. from the Canucks perspective, you'd be like, yeah, fine. Anyway, uh, let's let's get back into some playoff conversation. Uh, did you guys see Crosby left with an injury in uh, what was it? Thursday night's game? No, Tuesday night's game. Wednesday night's game. It was Wednesday night's he, game. <laughs> at the time of recording, he, he walked off the ice like Two hours ago. Right, yeah. yeah that was I got my days mixed up. Yeah, You've been uh, drinking too much in Whistler? <laughs> dude, I'm not even kidding. I literally was drunk like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's commitment right there. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's kind of a weird hit because Crosby was like off balance and falling when uh, Truba laid the hit. But Truba was also committed to the hit before Crosby was going down. So, like, it, it definitely wasn't dirty, uh, but it is very unfortunate. Yeah, it's a big loss, obviously. That line has been producing ridiculously. Jake Gensel's got, like, 800 goals. I think Jake Gensel is the Igor killer. Well, 
I, if you guys saw it, um, too, when that hit got laid, it was 2 nothing for Pittsburgh in that game. The final was 5-3 for the Rangers. Uh, so it, it just, basically since that hit, the Rangers scored five goals and Pittsburgh scored one. I, I think that says a lot about how much Crosby means to that team. And uh, that really kept New York in it, right? They're, yes, they're still on the brink of elimination, but they're also in a position where they can feasibly still come out with this. Well, yeah, the Rangers came back and scored three goals in under two minutes and 55 seconds. I mean, there, though, something has to be said about the New York Rangers' offense, right? Like, I think they probably looked at themselves and went, holy shit, if we don't pick it up, our season's over. Like, I don't think that's all on, you know, one player falling out of the game. I think that that has a lot more to say about the Rangers' commitment than it does just, you know, Crosby being knocked out of the game. Yeah, no, it, but it, it's definitely a mix, right? I, I honestly still believe that if Crosby was still in that game, I don't think the momentum would have shifted the way it did. I think that not only did New York recognize they were on the brink of elimination, I think Pittsburgh's morale just kind of deflated, right? They lost their mm-hmm. captain, and who is still probably their best player. Yeah, I would say he's definitely still their best player. <laughs> okay, I want to take it back to the the Edmonton Oilers really quick, because I just read a tweet from Paul Bissonnette. <laughs> Biz nasty. Yeah, he said, let's be real. There's absolutely no way the Edmonton Oilers lose this series to a Kings team without Drew Doughty in the lineup. I couldn't name five players on LA's current roster. No chance in hell McDavid and Dreisaitl get bounced by an AHL team in the first round. Oh. I'm going to name name five Kings right now without looking. You're not allowed to name Troy Stetcher yes, or I Alex Edlund. No, you're not. No, you're not. Yeah. Troy Stetcher. <laughs> Alex Edlund. Jonathan Quick. That's a goalie. All three of these don't count. <laughs> Brendan Lemieux. Oh, God. And Quinton Byfield. Such bullshit, man. What about Anze Kopitar? Dustin Brown. Yeah, look at all these guys I even left. I didn't even have to Alex, I follow. So like, they're good and, players. Andreas Athanasiu. <laughs> yeah. <fine>. Adrian Kempe. <laughs> yeah, the fucking overtime winner. <laughs> See, this, is, this is my point. There's more than five that you can name. Right? Well, apparently Biz can't name five. <laughs> Look at that. We, we are better hockey content than whatever crap Biz puts out. <laughs> Yeah, Spittin' Chicklets and ESPN. <laughs> ESPN is terrible at covering hockey, though. i got to admit. What did I see a while yeah. ago? That they, they ESPN nationally televised, uh, like, 70 dart games. Like, darts. Mm-hmm. And they nationally televised 16 hockey games. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the crazy. figures were. But, yeah, it was something like that. It was absurd. It was way more than three to one in favor of fucking darts. But I don't know, like, was it like primetime darts? Like, Does I don't it think matter. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's if it's one thirty on the West Coast and they're you know inter or nationally televising darts, I don't think anyone really cares. But if it's six thirty on the West Coast, then maybe yeah. I'll have to look a little further into the stats for that one. If they're televising darts. 
and Florida's playing, there's probably more fans at the Dart game than there are at the Panthers game. Darts games sell out stadiums. It is crazy. Yeah, dude, it, that's, that's just hype. It is unreal how many people show up to watch that, and they, like, get into it. Okay, but have you not seen them chant 180? I have. Like, 180! <laughs> I'm sorry, but overtime winners, people don't get as hype as they get when they hit 180 in darts. Like, could you imagine, though, like, driving by a stadium, you see people tailgating outside, they got their barbecues going, you go up, you're like, oh, yeah, this is cool, what are you guys here for? And they say, darts. <laughs> We're here to watch someone play darts. Hell yeah. I mean, if you're not front row, you're not seeing shit, right? No, Vancouver boys dart trip. Let's do it. Sure, we're going to <laughs> London, England to watch the Premier League of darts. Yeah, we'll just sit in the back and get wasted and yell stuff. <laughs> 180! Yeah, they got a triple one <laughs> chanting 180. What do you think they call it in darts? Is it a shot? Is it a throw? Like, what is it? Oh, it's is definitely it a strike? A snipe. A snipe? <laughs> Dangle snipe Sally, baby. When they throw the dart really hard, it's an absolute piss missile. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. <laughs> well, you know what? All this dart uh, chat is making me want to go watch some darts. So why don't we take a quick break? Uh, we're going to go watch some darts, and we'll be right back on the other side of the break after a word from our fake sponsor. episode of the Vancouver Boys Podcast is brought to you by the Colorado Avalanche's Housekeeping Services. Sit back, watch us sweep, and all you'll have to do is sit back and say, clean house. The Colorado Avalanche, helping your playoff brackets in 2022. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. That's her name, don't wear it out. Man, we gotta sign this guy to a 6 by 6 Tampa Bay was $18 million over the salary cap. UC Soros is the best goalie in the NHL. It is just unmitigated chaos when you guys do that. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the Vancouver Boys podcast, episode 57. And uh, we got a new tradition on the back half of the show. To start the second half, we're going to do the elimination report. And this week's elimination report, there is only one team that has been eliminated so far. So we'll give them the spotlight. And, uh, well, that's my team, the Nashville Predators. I know you're not in the studio, but I hit the last one. Hey, Marcus. Yeah. Fuck you. Um, it was a hard-fought series to which they won no games. They got... <laughs> they got efficiently swept, um, but plenty of things to talk about in that series. I watched all but one of the games, and... Uh, Man, just a completely soul-crushing series on <laughs> from my half. I mean, to to start a series without your 
your most valuable piece is it's pretty gut-wrenching. I mean, this team, watching them come out the gate and just lay an egg in game one and then never really get their feet underneath them, it just goes to show how important a goalie is. And, uh, and yeah, obviously Nashville just couldn't get anything going offensively. And a lot of that stems from the fact that every time they tried to, their goalie would let in two soft ones and they'd be behind the eight ball before the game would even get started. Um, you know, obviously game one, David Riddick played like a house league goalie. And then in game two, Connor Ingram played great, but clearly burnt himself out, um, was embarrassed by the loss in overtime and then couldn't rebound and really didn't have a very good game three or game four. Uh, for me, it was just like, you know, I thought there were some good things there. I thought Jakob Trenin looked really good. He scored two goals in game four, which, you know, they almost held out. They had a lead in game four for the first time in the whole series. But um, honestly, like, it was just not a very good series to watch. You know, if, if you didn't catch a single game, you really didn't miss anything. I think the big thing that that team missed was Rocco Grimaldi. <laughs> you guys both need to just fucking take a hike. Like, honestly. You know what? That's what you get for letting go of a piece like Jimmy VC. We didn't let him go. He held out. He said he didn't <laughs> want to fucking be there. I can't imagine why after watching that series. <laughs> if he stayed, they probably would have hung a banner for him. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Jimmy, sorry. Jimmy VC didn't demand a trade. <laughs> It's a great banner. You guys are lucky I'm in Whistler. <laughs> no, the fuck you don't. Me neither. <laughs> what, one thing I noticed after the game was over is Philip Forsberg did a really, really, really long skate on the ice in front of all the fans. Could, mm-hmm. could that mean anything? Like, that was potentially his last game there? Moving on. No, no, no. We we need your legitimate thoughts on that. <sighs> God, I hope not. I really hope not. He's, He's the a good easily, player. Easily their most efficient forward. I mean, if it wasn't for Roman Yossi, he'd be the best player on the team. Um, to lose him in free agency would be just that'd be gutting. Like he's. He's easily one of my favorite players in, in, on the team, and he's one of my favorite Preds of all time. Like, I don't know. How would you feel, you know? Oh, I'd be choked. Like, I like his mustache. Yeah, he's the only player in the league that rocks a handlebar. No, that's not true, Sam Bennett. My bad. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, like, I, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to figure out for Canucks fans. Like, it would almost be like if, I don't know. It would, it would to, honestly, it would be like if uh, Horvat left. Or Pedersen, like one of the two. Yeah, they just walked in free agency. Yeah, like it, I, I don't even want to think about it. It's just, it's such a scary thought. But um, we can talk more about that when it comes to free agency. But what, what goes on? The last thing I'll press you on is, did it surprise you that they didn't let him go at the deadline? No. You knew they were going to keep him in. It, it, it would still surprise me if he actually left. Like I, I just, I, I don't see that happening. You know, I, I like I, I with with Ekholm, Yossi, Saros, um, Duchesne all still being there. Like, I, I just I don't see how he could leave, you know, it, especially because like 
if Soros hadn't gotten injured, and I know people are going to call me biased and stupid for thinking this, but I genuinely think they could have won that series. Like, no question in my mind, they could have won that series. All they needed was, like, game two, they could have won. Um, and I think game one, they would have came out differently with him in net. I just think, like, that team, the, like, the heart of their team was UC Soros, right? Like, they they played so differently with him in net. But th- the big thing there is also they got so worn out towards the end of the season, right? Like, the last four or five games, they played all really good teams. And they had to work their ass off just to make the playoffs. And in order for, you know, them to make it and then have that happen, like, I'm not surprised that they got bounced in the first round because of all that happened leading up to the playoffs. But man, I just think under different circumstances, they could have, they, they easily could have beat the abs. And I think a lot of people won't be surprised if the abs get bounced next round, just because they don't have the, they don't have the, the back end part, right? Like they don't have strong defensive defensemen and they don't have strong goaltending either, especially if Darcy Kemper doesn't come back. They have no chance in the second round. I fully agree that I think they could have beaten Colorado with Saros and that. Just to back you up, because I know that, again, people will call you biased, because that does sound like a very Jake thing to say. Uh, but I, I got to side with you on this one. I think Saros and Net, the Preds are a completely different animal. Kind of mm. unintended. <laughs> Good one. I, I do agree with the Preds are a way better team with Saros and Net. I just can't fully get behind the them beating the Avalanche. But you never know because Soros wasn't there. We'll never know. But the one thing the um the Predators do have is they do have a bright future. They have a lot of young talent in Janot, Tolvanen, that other guy he named. I forget what his name was. Thomas Trennan. No, oh, Trennan yeah, or Trennan. Bill uh, Thomasino, Fabro. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of good young talent there that yeah. could could develop really nicely. So. Yeah, I, I mean, see, and... I see them turning it around, and they're they're not going to be bad. They're they're going to probably be better next year, and and keep moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they will be better than they were this year, next year, right? Especially if Forsberg doesn't leave, but if he does, they'll be a train wreck. Um, but yeah, and and you know what? Like, I know we've been doing kind of like a season recap and then a grade at the end of this, and so I think it's only f- fitting that it's my team. I should give them a grade. Um, at the beginning of the year, people took them to come into this season and be a bottom-dwelling team. No one expected them to make the playoffs. No one expected them to be good. Um, and they surpassed that, right? Like, they beat the odds. They made the playoffs. No, they didn't have a great run. But, you know, they, they surpassed what people expected of them. And for that reason, I'm going to give them an A-. minus. That's fitting. Yeah, I, I, I hate to that's, say that's... it, but I can't disagree. Yeah, that's kind cool. of what I was thinking. Yeah, I, I didn't expect them to really be very close to the playoff line at all. I thought they might have been fighting near the end, but I I really didn't think they were going to make it, and I'm, I'm quite impressed with, with the season that they had. Anyway, um, we should probably move on. There's plenty more to talk about, and we will probably go more in-depth on our favorite teams in the offseason, okay. just because there's a little bit less going on then, and we can actually kind of like talk about where we see them going. Um, but one actually, there is one more thing I wanted to touch on with that series is Gabe Landeskog. He was injured and came back for game one yep. and scored. I don't know how many goals it was, but he was a big part of that series. Anyway, um, moving on, let's talk about uh, Patrick Marlowe. He finally, most 
uh, most games played, uh, Patrick Marlowe, came out and retired this week. So he will not be back next season. Yeah, that's that's crazy. He's pretty much been in the NHL since before I was born. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, it's like I, I've never watched a season of NHL hockey that he wasn't a part of. That's crazy. I, I like that he came out and retired after the season was over. Didn't want to make a big deal of it. No, like, retirement tour. Just kind of like, you know what? I had my career. I, I'm just, I'm done, whatever. There's been a lot of retirement tours and handshakes. And, I mean, I get it for certain people, but I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's kind of like that jersey, the retiring the number of the jersey thing for me. I, I feel like. I agree. I don't like the retirement tours where, like, for the last half season, every team wants to shake the guy's hand. That's a bit much. For me, I think the happy medium is you announce it, like, the day before your final game or your final home game. You know, you give – because at the end of the day, these fans have probably – if you're the type of player that's warranting that kind of a goodbye anyway. you're Dustin Brown. Exactly. You look at even the Sedins, right? They announced it right before their last game. They gave just enough time for like people who really care about them to make sure that they can be at their last game, you know, and just know that this is it. And uh, I kind of wish he would have done that. I, I think some of his fans would have really just appreciated that, just that chance to really give a final goodbye. You watch him skate around the ice a couple times, like it. As someone who was at the final Sedin game and cried like a baby, I will tell you that like it's it, it's something that brings you that much further into the game i'm just curious like where the line is you know of like what players deserve that versus what players don't because like i would think that the benchmark would be okay is this player getting his number retired with patrick marlowe yeah he's definitely getting his number retired in san jose so it's like does he deserve the big kind of like goodbye or the hero's tribute maybe but like you know who are we to say who are we to judge yeah i i agree that that could be a good line but i would think it's even a little bit lower than that even like i I always felt bad that burrows was a guy who ended up getting traded at the deadline because he's someone who i would have loved to have seen retire as a canuck and have that moment with the fans because oh my god would the fans have just uh you know they would have gone crazy over that and uh he he's not gonna have his number retired he's in the ring of honor that's where he's gonna stay and that's where he should be uh but i don't know I, i think that that kind of thing Again, it's just it's something the fans want. They want to have that connection to the players, and I think that's a big part of how they can get it. All right, well, um, let's not dwell on this too much. Let's do uh, some playoff series recaps or kind of like progress reports, since a lot of them aren't over yet. There's a lot of series that look like they're going to go to seven games. Um, why don't we start in the West? Uh, the Dallas and Calgary series. Calgary currently leading 3-2 in that series uh, and looks like they could wrap it up pretty soon. I've watched a cu- I've watched a couple of those games like the first two and oh, man, man were they boring. Really? Yeah, rough. They were horrible games. Obviously, they've seemed to have picked it up since then, but those first two games were dry as could be. I mean, Jacob Markstrom's been playing really well and of course Jake Ottinger's been playing out of his mind. Yeah, where did this guy come from? The draft. Thank you. Scarborough. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, but seriously, like this was not a household name a week ago, you know, and now it's he's probably been the biggest part of Dallas's success in these playoffs or what what success they've had so far. Who do you guys have out of this series now that we've seen kind of through five games? Calgary. I, I yeah, I still gotta go with Calgary. Yeah, me too. All right, the next series, Minnesota St. Louis, currently three two St. Louis. Let's go. Obviously, this episode comes out after the uh, the next game, so we won't. Maybe this series could be wrapped up. But who do you guys see coming out of that one? Blues. I think Minnesota might pull this off. I gotta be honest with you. You think they'll come back? I really think they can. I think Flurry has in more games than not played really well. I think Minnesota's offense has looked really good. Their defense is a bit on the weaker side. And that's where I think, if anywhere, that's where uh, St. Louis will pinch them. But they're a really fast and exciting team that it, it's looked like the Blues have struggled to keep up with in terms of pace during the games. So uh, I really think that there is a chance that Minnesota could wear them down. Yeah, I think for the exact opposite reasons that they're going to lose, as you do, as to why they'll come back and win. I think Flurry's terrible and overrated, and I've always thought that, and you guys know that. I, I think that they're... I think that their offense hasn't been generating near as much offense as they need to be to be competing in the playoffs. And I think that their defense has been the only decent part of their game, despite obviously not looking so good on the score sheets. But I think that's more for to blame on Flurry. So, yeah, I, I think St. Louis is going to wrap this one up. But I hate that because I think Minnesota deserves to be in the second round. It's really, really a, a shitty situation that both their, one of these two teams has to be knocked out in the first round. Anyway, let's move on to the final series left in the West, which I think is just the funniest one. The LA Kings and the Edmonton Oilers. LA could knock out Edmonton. I, I think the Oilers are going to come back. I think Oilers got this in seven. Really? Even without Darnell Nurse? Yep, no Darnell Nurse, no Drew Doughty. I think, I think you're going to see McDavid put up some ridiculous numbers. He's probably going to play 35 minutes. Um yeah, I think they're just going to double shift McDavid and Dreisaitl and just hope for the best. Now, here's the thing. I want to see as much McDavid as I can, right? I want to see playoff Connor McDavid. That is what brings me into the game. That's what brings casual fans into the game. That is what draws everyone in, is seeing the best player in the world play under pressure in important games. But there's not enough of a team around them. Like, all they have is offense. They have no goaltending. Now that Nurse is out, they have, like, minus one in defense. The L.A., and, and this is crazy saying this right now, L.A. is a more rounded team than Edmonton is. They are they are better built for the playoffs than Edmonton is. The L.A. Kings. I, I can't believe I'm saying that at this point, but it's true. And I think without Darnell Nurse, I think L.A., and this is bold because this episode is going to come out after that game, I think LA is going to score five goals in game six, and I think they're going to take it. I, I, Troy Stetcher is their best defenseman. Oh, yeah, he's getting a hat trick in game six. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. He has two goals in these playoffs. He's two. Yeah, he's not going to get three more in one game. <laughs> it, it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm less serious about that, but really. I, I think that game six, I think L.A. pots five. I actually think it's insane how 
Edmonton has outscored LA by six goals in their two wins, and then just lost the rest of the games. Like I just, I, I, I don't know. Doesn't, yeah, it, it just doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, let's move over to the East. In possibly the weirdest series, the Florida Washington series, where Florida has had to overcome late game deficits to come back and win in back to back games. This has been a weird series because usually the games are still going on when I'm at work, so I haven't actually been able to watch. I'm watching the scores nonstop, and Washington's always up, and then I'll put my phone down, and I'll look back like today. It was like 3 nothing, and I put my yeah. phone down, and I picked it back up. It was 4-3. I was like, what the? Yeah. But I don't know. It's just I think missing Tom Wilson is a big part of it. Mm. But Florida's got some depth, and if Florida can figure out how to come out with a decent start, yeah, they they'd be cruising a lot better. But uh, Washington had had their opportunity to take this series, and and they've blown it twice now. So I think Florida's taking it. I think the series is easy. It's Florida's just coaching hasn't been there, right? Like their power play was anemic for the first little bit, um, and I think Washington's goaltending hasn't been there either. I think that's the story in this series. And but obviously Florida's gonna end up winning, in my opinion. But yeah, weird, weird series. Yeah, I gotta say, I think Florida has this locked up too. I think it's just um, you know, they're kinda coping with the pressure a little bit. Um, what did I just see? That they're currently winning a playoff series for the first time in ten years. So even when they have been in the playoffs over the last decade, they have never led the series that they've been in. They're leading their series for the first time in over a decade. Um, I think this team is pulling it together. I think they're figuring out the Caps, because at first it really looked like the Caps were just going to take them down. Um, but I, I think they've figured it out, and I, I think they're going to push through to the second round for sure. And to the finals, and that they're going to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Bold. All right. Well, we will see in due time. But let's keep moving along to... Um... The next series that's going on in the East, let's go with the New York Rangers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. New York just coming back and, uh, you know, bringing it back to within one game. That series is now 3-2 Pittsburgh. This one surprised me. And, and there's one reason for that, and that is Igor Shesterkin. I, I don't know if he hurt himself. I don't know if he's just not someone who plays well under pressure. But... Holy crap, I had New York going quite far in these playoffs because of him, because I believe that goaltending is the most important thing in the playoffs. It is more important than offense, it is more important than defense, is if you can keep pucks out of your own net, you have a chance to win every game. And I figured the Vesna, the runaway Vesna favorite for this season would be able to give that to his team. And he hasn't been able to do that yet. And unless he, again, if he's playing injured, that's it. He's injured. But unless he can overcome if this is a confidence issue, I'm sorry, but Pittsburgh is going to take this series. I hope I'm wrong, but that is definitely the way it's trending. This has been a surprising one, but it's been a fun series. It's just been absolute blowouts, a triple overtime game. Like a fourth string goalie for the one team. Like it's just everything you could have asked for all tied up in the first round. And 
New York coming back from huge, like down huge leads in a couple games, even though they blew the last one. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun to to watch, and uh, I think the only problem with Igor is Jake Gensel is the Igor killer. I think if they can get past this series, he's going to be a brick wall because there's no Jake Gensel on the other teams. All right, well, let's keep going with the series here. Uh, let's start with the Boston Carolina series. Boston coming back and making a bit of a series out of that. It is currently 3-2 Carolina. Well, Wayne Gretzky has Carolina going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I don't know. I don't know if I got to be on Team Wayne here, but I picked Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, it's looking like that might bite me in the butt. Yeah, I picked Carolina coming out of that series, and I still think they will. It's just like, I don't know what it is with that team, but they just have like, it's either all gas or all brakes with them. Um, but uh, hopefully they can keep their foot on the gas and move right on through. Yeah, I also, well, sorry, I, I also like Tyler had uh, Boston coming out of the series, but that was mostly because Freddie Anderson was injured, and he was someone else who we thought could get uh, nominated for the Vesna. But instead, they've had Ranta in net, and Ranta has looked insane, right? It, if it weren't for that, if Ranta played like he usually does, I would have Boston winning this series no problem. But, man, this makes it a very close series, and for me, it's a toss-up. I really don't – I'd have trouble calling it either way. All right, well, there's only one other series left to talk about, and that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tampa and seven. And Canada's team. No. No, 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 no. That's Kazakhstan's team. <laughs> uh, currently, Toronto has a 3-2 series lead on the back of a uh, huge third-period goal by Austin Matthews the other night. Was a tap-in. <laughs> it was a nice play by Marner, though. Yeah. Perfect shot pass. All right, so Marcus has Tampa in seven. What about you, uh, Tyler? Memory serves me correct. I have to say Tampa in seven. All right, and I will say that Toronto exercises their demons, and they beat Tampa. And that's the team. Tampa's the team I have winning the cup. I seem to remember last year the Leafs uh, leading a series. You saying that they had it in the bag, and me and Tyler stood up, up across from you saying, "No, no, they're gonna blow this three-game series lead." Uh, three-one series lead. Excuse you, and Marcus. That is the only reason why I have Toronto winning. <laughs> Just to, to keep everything aligned for... Yes. Okay, so that they History tends to repeat itself. Gotcha. So hopefully it will. Anyway, uh, let's move on. We've still got tons more to talk about. Um, it feels like we've been kind of dragging on, so let's let's keep this train rolling. Um, Marcus, you brought up uh, a point in the uh, in the episode that I kind of wanted to get back to. You were talking about Igor Shosturkin and how he's a runaway Vesna favorite. Well, that may be true because we now know that he is a nominee for the Vesna alongside Jacob Markstrom. And who else is it? Who? Some, who else? some midget. Uh, Ingram? You wish. <laughs> it is UC Soros, which means I won our bet. You did. That is bad news for me. <laughs> At least Tyler didn't win. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, UC Soros nominated for the Vezna. For those of you who haven't been around in the last few weeks, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, Marcus loses a bet that he and I made at the beginning of the season. So, 
uh, pay attention to our social medias because we're going to have a pretty fun video up in the not too distant future. It won't be that fun. Uh, honestly, if you follow us on Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast, just unfollow it because that's how uninteresting it's going to be. Just don't pay any attention. I wouldn't don't worry. I'll put it on Twitter. Fantastic. <laughs> um, anyway, but I love talking about goalies because there's one more goalie we should talk about. Marcus Keller snubbed for the Vesna, but what a goaltending performance he had at ball hockey this week. That's right. He strapped on the pads and hopped in net. We should probably explain the scenario a little bit there. So, again, some of you already know that uh, Jake's trying to teach me how to play ice hockey, but to get my hands a little bit warmed up because I've never played hockey, he's, uh, he's got me going to ball hockey with him uh, once a week. And uh, this week, unfortunately, uh, they couldn't get two goalies together. And typically, when they don't get two goalies, they cancel. But uh, we really wanted to get out there, and no one else was willing. So I said, if anyone has some spare goalie pads, bring them, and I'll strap them on. And unfortunately, someone had a mismatched set of goalie pads for a seven-year-old. And uh, I managed to stuff my body into them like a sausage and uh i i stood in the goal and uh allowed 10 goals on what was probably 12 shots but marcus maybe you should talk about how the way that game ended you're looking like jack campbell out there <laughs> it, it was rough so i i the first couple goals i let in were soft after that, I got kind of warmed up, and I, I made some, oh, I would say some okay saves. I think I made yeah. some saves people weren't expecting me to make, we'll say that. Yeah, you made more header saves than I've seen most goalies make, oh, so that's kind of I neat. took three shots off the dome, and my head is still ringing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but sadly, yeah, so I, I mentioned I let in ten goals. We play to ten, and I should point out, we won ten, or sorry, we lost... 10 to 9. So it was a very close game, even though I was in net and the other team had a goalie. Uh, a real goalie. Who had his own goalie, goalie pads. <laughs> uh, but th this was actually kind of unfortunate. The last goal, um, a player on the other team went around behind the net and went to pass it out front. So I went to like um, position myself so that I was ready for the shot. But his pass out into the middle bounced off of our own defender and went in the net on my short side because I, I just, I wasn't paying attention over there. You were cheating. I was playing the pass is what I was doing. You were cheating. Was there was no one to pass to. He was playing the pass. <laughs> it didn't even matter. He, he was, he passed it and it, it bounced off of our own guy and went in. So I was pretty choked about that. But uh, all in all, I'd say it's pretty good. I've now played forward defense and goal. I'm a triple. Well, if uh, <laughs> when I get back, don't worry, Marcus. I'll take over the goalie part. Okay. I I used to be a, I used to be a legendary street hockey goalie, and I played in the league as a tendy Fine. way you back in the day. Wear the twisted Tyler helmet, though. hundred <laughs> percent, dude. He's gonna get a fucking concussion two minutes in. Wait, no, fine. We'll put him in a real <laughs> helmet. We're gonna put a wrap on it with twisted. T I will build a helmet out of a helmet with, with horns. Don't worry. All right. Fantastic. Well, I think that probably takes us into the inbox. Um, the nice, easy, <laughs> uh, 
a nice easy climb up to the diving board and then uh, rolling off and into the water or into the inbox. I really can't follow up. Every week, Tyler comes up with these crazy fucking easy, simple ways to get into the end box. I know. With us, it's always like <laughs> quintuple backflip. Yeah. Something or other. Tyler's like, we're going to jump and miss the pool and face <laughs> plant on the deck. <laughs> Just simple but effective. Yeah. Anyway, um, plenty of questions this week in our inbox. Thank you, everyone, for filling that up. Um, for any of you wondering how you can send us questions, follow us on Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Uh, that's where you'll be able to find us, and you can send us your questions, and we will try to answer those every week in this segment. All right, the first question we have this week, um, who should the Canucks be targeting in the draft? Slavovsky. Dude, okay, trade I, think up. I think they're asking who we should target in the first round. Yeah, we're trading up. Oh, you're talking about Slavkovsky? He's going first. I thought he was supposed to go second, and yeah, then Nemec's going will. third. Who's that, like, fifth-round guy you want? Petrovsky. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think more reasonable. I think they could get Connor Geeky. I think that'd be kind of cool. That would be neat. Yeah, it, Rutherford kind of I, – I honestly think they might trade the pick. Really? The only reason I say that – Offer sheet. After well, – oh, that's true. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. We might use the pick to do something. I, I count that as a trade. Um. But the reason I bring that up is because uh, Rutherford had some interesting quotes after uh, it was announced that the Canucks were going to get the 15th pick. And uh, he was asked, you know, are you disappointed that you didn't move up at all or whatever? And he said, honestly, you know what, in this draft, I uh, there's so many good young players, and, and this is the part that stuck with me, there's not much of a difference between the 5th overall and the 15th overall. That, to me, sounds like he's trying to upsell his product a little. You know what? You know what's funny is this has nothing to do with the Canucks, but Montreal gets first overall pick, yeah. mm-hmm. and the GM of the Montreal Canadiens is Kent Hughes. His son is projected to get drafted in the first round, Jack Hughes. So they're like, "Oh, are you going to take your son?" And he's like, "I can guarantee you, my son will not get picked first overall this year." <laughs> <laughs> It's funny. What's even funnier is that was um, tweeted, I believe, by TSN. They tweeted out like that quote and stuff. Jack Hughes, who's not Jack Hughes, is the New Jersey Devils. Jack Hughes, which is Kent Hughes's draft eligible son, uh, responded to that tweet from his own Twitter account and said, <laughs> "Big mistake." That's <laughs> <laughs> clever. I love that. I love that. I thought that was kind of awesome. But yeah, that is kind of rough, having your dad go into the media and go, yeah, there's at least 20 better picks here than my son. (laughs) Imagine you work your whole life to make your dad proud, just to play hockey and get good at it, and you do, and he looks at you and goes, I'm not drafting you. (laughs) All right, what if the Canucks trade our first round pick to them so he can draft his son for Nick Suzuki? One for one. One for one. Tyler, stop. Well, I'm hoping they would for his son. feel like they won't do that. (laughs) They're not doing that. (laughs) No, we we need that first anyway. We need need that so we can offer sheet here, Luke Dubois. 
is an integral part of my Canadian second line. Not to be confused with my Swedish second line, Russian second line, uh, or American second line. The American one's kind of a first line, though. Garland, Miller, and Besser, that's a first line. I, I think you got to take Besser, or you got to take Garland off that line. All right, well, this kind of feeds into that. The next question in the inbox is who should be the Canucks be targeting in free agency this year? Philip Forsberg. <laughs> Say it with me. Max Domi. <laughs> Matt Sundin. I, I have been screaming this for over a year, and it, it finally makes sense. We don't have to trade for him. He's just a free agent. We can just take him, you know? Just get Domi on this team, and for the love of fuck, get Pearson off of it. Just <laughs> it, It's so simple. The money evens out. It, it would be perfect. Just just. For the love of God, Max Domi, please. <laughs> and that Russian kid. Dan Kuzmenko, yes. Okay. Which is, a, just, I didn't even mention, what a wicked hockey name, Andre Kuzmenko. Um, all right, moving along, we've got more questions here. What do you guys think of the uh, playoff officiating this year? How's it been? Well, I think it might have, I think it might have something to do with the all the seven goal games. Well, for me, it's like all the fucking power plays. It seems like every time you look at the TV, someone's on a power play. Yeah, it, it feels like they've tightened it up this year. Like, just compared to years past, where it's kind of been known that, you know, game 83, they throw the rule book in the fire, right? It's just anything goes. It feels like this year, they've really done away with that. Yeah, right. and the last question, which I think is a bit of a personal question, so just out of your memory. It says, what has been your favorite playoff overtime goal you've ever seen? I have such an... You can can probably both guess my answer without really having to think very hard about it. Yeah, I'm not even going to say it because I feel like it's just obvious. (laughs) And if it makes you feel any better, it's mine too. Really? Yeah. That That was huge. Well, I mean, you got to think about it, right? Like, they were up 3-0 in that series. And they almost fucking blew it. And then they won it in overtime. Like... It was just, like, a huge relief. Um, it was a Game 7 overtime winner. Like, it doesn't get bigger than that, you know? What about what about the Kevin Bieksa one against uh, San Jose? That was... when, when no one knew where the puck was. I like that one. I like that one, too. But I think the problem was everyone knew we were going to the finals. That was Game 6, I think. But it was still, like, the Canucks looked better than San Jose did in every game in that series. It wasn't. It wasn't like if we didn't score that goal, it wasn't going to happen. You know, like we knew we were going, even if it took an extra game. That's fair. What I would say though is the happiest I've ever been, and I, I hate looking back at it now. The happiest I've ever been after an overtime goal was actually Burroughs' other overtime goal from that season against Boston in Game Two. Because the Canucks were up two games to nothing after that. And it really felt like we were unstoppable. You know, it, it felt like we locked it. There's actually another one for me that I want to bring up. And it was in 2017 when the Preds were playing the Blackhawks in the first round. It was game three. And uh, they scored. Uh, obviously, they scored the overtime winner because they swept that series. But for me, it was like it went from, holy shit, like they could win this series. Because obviously, they came in as the eight seed. Uh, it was. It went from holy shit, they could win this series to like 
they're gonna win this series, right? Yeah. And so, like, it, when they scored that goal, I remember, uh, I think it was Steve Mason who was doing the call, and his his voice cracks, he's screaming. Like, I, I have a video of that goal and my reaction to it. So, like, that probably should have been my first thought. But, um, yeah, that one was huge. Like, I just remembered that that's what kind of put this team on the map for a lot of people, too. Or the Preds, I should say. Anyway, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for uh, inbox questions. Did you say that's all the time we have? Unfortunately, it seems to be. Well, speaking of the time, I would say it's about time. For Tyler. For Tyler, surprise headline. Okay, let's do it again then. Right. For Tyler, surprise headline. We're going to count into this, and we're going to do it. Okay. Three, two, one. For Tyler, surprise headline. headline. <laughs> you got to remember, I have to do it before you. That wasn't terrible. No, I, I liked it. Okay, you know what? Yeah. I'm. I'll count us down because you have to it, line up for me, right? Okay. It sounded pretty decent on my side. Right. Three, two, one. For Tyler, surprise headline. It's Tyler, surprise headline. Oh yeah. After leaving the strip club, Florida man gets run over by his own truck before it crashes into a house. <laughs> what, was his wife driving it? <laughs> nope, he fell out of the driver's seat and it ran over. Gee, wait, he, what? Yep. Did he fall, run t- 10 feet in front of him, and then lie <laughs> down? No, he, he tuck like, and rolled. He like, kind of like fell out the, the side door and then like, the back tire of his pickup oh, ran man. over his legs. <laughs> you want to see the video? The what? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. You don't want to see the video. Okay. This is like security cam footage or something. Like, yeah. Mad Dog, have you seen the time? What? Have you seen the time? It's time for Tyler's nope. surprise headline. <laughs> okay, you'll have to look it up after. Okay. Yeah, I, I saw something like that on a. Th- you guys remember a thousand ways to die you ever watch that on Spike oh of course TV as like a oh yeah everyone knows like of at least a few thousand ways to die as they watched as a kid oh, yeah. my favorite one was the guy hiding in the the garbage thing or like dump no he's dumpster diving and then the garbage comes along and picks him up oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> i have a couple but they're, they're kind of graphic and i don't know if i want to talk about them on here because they get pretty bad but one of them was like this. The guy gets run over by a truck somehow, and it, like, cut his legs off, but, like, all of his vital organs were still okay. So he was alive, and he, like, he bled out eventually, but, like, he suffered for, like, hours, they said. Hmm. And it was a guy who was trying to do a thing called ghosting, where, like, you lock the car's wheel so it turns in circles, and then you kind of, like, hop in and out of it, and, like, there's tricks you can do. And he tripped, mm-hmm. and then it just ran over him. Because it was, like, locked in a circle. Yeah, I think it, like, ran over his foot, so he fell down. But because it was locked in a circle, it came back and then, like, ran over the rest of his body. Lovely. The, the craziest thing about this story is, so, like, he was driving home from the strip club. Obviously, fell out of the truck. Don't know how. Don't know what he was doing. The truck ran him over, crashed into some lady's house. He got up and fled the scene on foot. After being run over by his own truck. 
That's commitment. That left his truck there. <laughs> yeah, and apparently there was a 58-year-old lady who suffered minor injuries inside the home when the truck crashed through the house. <laughs> this is wild. <laughs> My thought is that he probably thought to himself, fuck, I'm drunk. Like, I can't get caught driving the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's some Greg Campbell shit. We get run over by a truck, finishes his shift. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well, that's a pretty good Tyler surprise headline, but I think it's probably time we wrap this one up. These episodes are getting longer and longer, boys. Yeah, man. That's the playoffs, though. Anyway, um, if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach us on social media at Vancouver Boys Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, uh, TikTok, um, YouTube, Twitch, and that's it. And then you can find us for some god... I, I don't even know you why. You say where they can find us. You can find us on Twitter. No, 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 no. You didn't say the other ones. You didn't say the handle. You just said we can, you can, they can find us there. But you didn't say what the handle is. They don't know where <laughs> that is. Well, it's not at Vancouver Boys underscore. I can tell you that. No, it's not. <laughs> it's at Vancouver that's Boys podcast. That's where you can podcast. find me. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, that's where you can find Tyler. <laughs> Um, I thought it said at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Maybe I just said it too fast. But yep, you can find Tyler on Twitter at Vancouver Boys underscore. Or if you want to send us an email on our now new and existing email, I promise. Vancouver Boys Podcast at iCloud.com. Does that actually exist now? It does. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace. Alrighty, uh, what a marathon. You got watches on Twitch. <laughs>